everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellard from Ad Advance, and today I'm joined by Victor Dwyer. We're at the Prosper Show, and Victor, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's great to sit right across from you in Prosper Show. It's exciting. A lot of sellers here. And I'm excited to just get rolling. Yeah. So this is the first time we've recorded the podcast kind of at like a live event. So <laughs> this, this is fun. We had to work through some technical difficulties, but we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. So if, I was really excited to sit down with you, Victor, and mm-hmm. kind of talk through like key trends that we're seeing in the overall space. Like one yeah. thing I love about conferences like this is you can always mm-hmm. get a, like a good pulse on what other people are seeing outside of our small window that we get to see every day. And yeah. so, I mean, just opening it up to you, like mm-hmm. as you come to the conferences like these, like what's some key trends that you're seeing in the market overall? What's some mm-hmm. key conversations that you're having with people about? Yeah, the biggest thing that people are talking about right now is profitability. Like with inflation, inflation hit really hard during Q4 last year. And now people are looking to pivot in other areas because Amazon is just, it's dwindling down to where sometimes it doesn't even make sense, especially if you're on the vendor side. Sure. Vendors like aren't making money. <laughs> they're yeah. just like, they're just getting cut down so thin that it's just really killing them right now. And when you start bringing in advertising, the rising cost of advertising, that's going to get really rough, especially this Q4. Sure. So that's where you're really going to have to focus on repeat purchase rate. And there's a lot more focus even at this conference. Like there's a sign right behind you of Target. So yeah. there's more focus on Walmart, Target, things like that. Sure. But when it comes down to it, my opinion, Walmart, there's a lot of hype around it. A lot of sellers want to get on Walmart. But I've never heard one seller have a success story of how many sales they have on Walmart. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I think there's a lot of hype around it. In my opinion, I don't think there's going to be a lot of customers going there for a very long time. In my opinion, about three or four years yeah. is my prediction. Yeah. And Target, I don't really know. But Walmart, I don't think there's going to be there for a long time. Sure. But I do know that the cost of advertising will continue to rise, which is going to be scary as inflation continues to rise. So people are going to have to really figure out their tech stack and really figure out the profitability side. Sure. And that's what kind of repeat purchase comes into play. Yeah. But profitability is going to be a huge problem in Q4, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting bringing that up because that, that was a continuing topic that we heard too. Yeah. So yesterday morning while at Prosper, we got to do a workshop. And so at the workshop, people mm-hmm. outlined their pain points for advertising. Yeah. And a lot of the key pieces was like, Amazon's becoming so competitive uh, and advertising costs are too high. (laughs) Struggling to maintain a cost. And once you combine that with inflation, so your rising cost of goods and then continued margin that's Mm -hmm. being eaten up by Amazon fees, it gets really challenging. Yeah, and especially I think a lot of people need to realize what their profitability is on a ASIN basis too. So I feel like people look at it overall where they might have one ASIN that has 300% ACOS and another one that might have 30% ACOS and they're saying, oh, this isn't profitable, not worth it. Sure. But in, in reality, they're spending 80% of their spend is going toward 20% of their SKUs. Sure. So they're not really testing the waters of other SKUs that might be winners out there. And I feel like they can adjust their spend and that comes down to reporting. If they're able to look at it and say, hey, we're really not testing the waters of what that looks like. And a lot of people just, when they test advertising, they just do uh, sponsored products, which is the most expensive placement most of the time. Sure. What's the most competitive at least. And if you have a premium product, you have to approach that strategy different. If you are 20% higher than your competition, sponsored product most likely isn't your placement. Sure. But sponsored brand video, if you do a good 
job of telling that story, that's where it becomes a, a huge advantage for those premium products because you have the higher conversion rate. And that's where sponsor rate headline comes into play. Basically where I'm going with it, if you have a premium product, having that creative strategy is gonna be even more important for you. That's and right. that's what's gonna drive down your ACOS a lot more. Because as more co competitors come in, it's gonna get more expensive and you have to go more that creative. And that's where I think Amazon is continuing to go. And I think in the future in Q4, this Q4, if you dominate that creative strategy of like breaking up those videos, I think you're gonna have a lot more success this year, in sure. my opinion. Yep, yep. And I think you hit on a couple of key things there, Tan Pack. So mm -hmm. one is to be able to charge more, to maintain yeah. that margin, you have to set yourself apart from the competitors. And so yeah. you cannot just be a commoditized product. It's mm -hmm. gotta really focus on the branding itself and really right. building that up. Like you said, like sponsored products, when we tend to look at the trends, mm -hmm. like, yep, that's gonna be, it's bid at market for, it's mm -hmm. the price has gone up. People have finally done their placement adjustments to get top of search bid to pretty much where it should be. Yeah. Um, and so it's now it's starting to look at the other opportunities on how you can really set your brand apart yeah. and how you can justify those increased margins. Yeah. Another key piece that you touched on earlier too was talking about lifetime value. Yeah. And I think this is a key focus area too. Um, for brands that just sell a single product and you don't have repeat purchases mm -hmm. and you don't have cross purchases, it gets really tough yeah. because that advertising sale, that just goes to that one individual sale yeah. and there's no more lifetime value that comes along with it. True. And I think a lot of people who are really setting themselves apart on Amazon right now, mm -hmm. they're building their brands through pieces like advertising yeah. and the storefront and many other pieces like that where now you can start to drive those cross sales, you can start to drive those repeat purchases. And yeah. now that initial ACOS that I had on my first sale mm -hmm. doesn't look as bad anymore because I brought mm -hmm. them into the brand and I know that they're gonna repurchase from me three times or True. they're gonna cross purchase from me. So I think that's a key piece that I kind of took away too, is that yeah. if you just look at the one individual sale, <laughs> it's going to be tough to justify the margins as they keep getting squeezed and things get more competitive. But if you can build that brand, drive those cross sales or those repeat purchases, yeah. that's where you can really help set yourself apart too. Yeah. Especially if you're in a supplement category, you, you probably have clients in there. It is tough. It sure. is a battlefield. Like it is World War Three nukes everywhere. Yeah. It, like 300% ACOS for certain products. And like your competitors are bidding like crazy for those. And that's where a repeat purchase rate, if you're looking at just the ACOS level per, per SKU, sure. then it's not gonna look sexy, it's not. But that's where you have to really change it up and see what your repeat purchase rate is per product. And then it starts making a lot more sense long-term. Yeah. And I think a lot of people aren't doing that, which makes it where they're keeping their spend very low because Q1 was a great opportunity to acquire new customers because everyone's trying to get healthy, everyone's eating healthy for that one month and they keep buying supplements after that. Sure. And it's a good opportunity to acquire new customers at that time. And I think a lot of people miss the mark because they're saying their ACOS, short-term ACOS is not there. But if they really look at that repeat purchase rate, that really changes the game. And if you look at your ACOS at a repeat purchase late lifetime value level, it's actually amazing on a supplement level. Sure. So I feel like a lot of people don't do that. And the top competitors that are doing that are just absolutely killing it, blowing out of the water. Yep. And I also talk about the difference between a seller and a brand. Brands aren't too worried about this like inflation thing. Sellers are the ones usually worried because they're Amazon only focused. They, they're like not doing external traffic or anything else. When you're a brand, you're building up a real identity. Like you're, you're like, when people go through your search result page, they wanna, you wanna be the one that you stands out and see your brand. 
And that's where they do external traffic stuff. They uh, try to appeal to their customer through other ways rather than just Amazon. So that's where if you're Amazon only focused, that's where you're gonna have some issues if you're only a seller. Sure, yep, yep, yeah. exactly. And I feel like the more sources that you can build into the equation, the more diversified you're gonna be, the less yeah. dependent you're gonna be on a single platform. But that also gives you a good way too to bring people back to the brand if they've initially purchased from you to again, increase that lifetime value. And you know, just to break that topic down a little bit further too. Yeah. So if we look at reported ACOS or ROAS mm -hmm. from advertising, yeah. that's typically gonna be just focused on the first sale. So yeah. with the attribution window, if somebody clicks through my ad, they're mm -hmm. gonna purchase once. But again, if you can build up that brand where now you can drive repeat purchases, mm -hmm. lifetime value is gonna mean so much more. And now you can justify those higher costs on advertising, which yeah. are hard to do if you're looking at just individual pieces. Yeah. So you talk through other channels. Yeah. Right? So we're talking about Walmart and Target. So, and you know, there's other ones too, bring them up. I mean, what's your, what's your overall perspective? So if somebody's right now listening and they're just focused on selling on Amazon, yeah. like, do you recommend that they get into Walmart or Target? Like what, what, what's your general take on that? So this is really interesting. I did a LinkedIn post, a, a poll to all my LinkedIn fellows. And I said, and I, the poll was something like this is Walmart worth it with the amount. So when you, compete with Walmart's buy box pricing, uh, Amazon will shut down your listing if Walmart ends up being lower and you'll lose the buy box. Sure. And I did an analysis and asked them, hey, with the amount of sales that you lost from Amazon shutting down your buy box from Walmart going lower, did you make that up in Walmart sales? Was it, was it profitable? Did it make sense to go on Walmart? And like 68% said no. <laughs> so in my opinion, it's not worth the hassle yet especially with this whole buy box thing. I don't know if it's still in place. I heard there's a few rumors that it might've been uh, taken down, but right now, if your price goes on Walmart goes below, you lose the buy box on Amazon. And that's where it gets really tough and you lose a lot of sales. If you're making $100,000 a month on Amazon and you get shut down for 10 days, you just lost like a lot of money. Sure. And that's where on Walmart, if you're only making $1,000 a month, it obviously doesn't make sense. Sure. I, I think Walmart retail is a great opportunity. I know a lot of people are absolutely killing it in Walmart retail stores, sure. and they're just doing a great job. But then on Walmart retail, they also list you up on walmart.com. So you have to have that worry. Sure. And like I know, I know a company that made $5 million in Walmart retail, but at the same time, they got shut down on Amazon. So it like balanced out. So like it wasn't, there's a, analysis there to be done. Yeah. I think Walmart retail is a great opportunity. Walmart.com, I, I would say no, even in, even I, not for like two or three years now, in my opinion. Sure. And then Target, I've, I've heard a few things to kind of get on Target, but I still haven't heard a lot of sales on Target, sure. in my opinion. So that's kind of my, my opinion on the new things that are coming up. I think having a DTC website is going to be really important. And having that brand awareness on the advertising side is super important. Yeah. I just talked to a seller yesterday. He's spending $3 million on his external advertising effort um, a month. And like he's spending a lot on Facebook ads. Facebook ads are still killing it right now, apparently for him. YouTube, Google, and things like that. So I think there's still opportunity on the external advertising side to bring it to your D2C website. Because an average seller right now, it's about 70% comes from their... D2C website, and it's still about 20 to 30% comes from Amazon. So 
And once you start getting over the 50% mark on Amazon, that's when you have to be a little bit worried because you're becoming too Amazon dependent, in my opinion. Sure. And yeah, that's my, and I think Amazon will still be the holy grail of advertising in Q4. So I think that, because like, you know the conversion rates on Amazon advertising, it's insane. Yep. So I think, I still think that will be the holy grail, but it's going to continue to be more expensive and less profitable. Sure. There so were a lot of pieces in that. Sorry. <laughs> no, that, that, I like that. I like that. So, I mean, key takeaways right now for the incremental sales with the headache, just Walmart online. Don't see as much of a boost there. Yeah. Walmart retail, obviously, if you can get in there, ton, huge sales drivers overall. Yeah. Um, walk me through like external traffic generation. Yeah. You know, so like personally for us, we've been getting really big into Google. We've been using yeah. Google search through attribution, getting the brand referral bonus, being able to feed conversions back, tie it all together, yeah. getting much more into like Google display to go along with our Amazon DSP advertising. Like walk me through like external channels and, and what you're looking at overall. For yeah. That. So I usually see the Google Amped actually has a really cool tool where you can see the cost per click versus Amazon versus Google sure. and what the search volume difference is. It's really amazing what they're doing there. And the cost per click on Google is usually 50% lower, but the conversion rate is also significantly lower. But I think it's a good opportunity once Amazon advertising gets a little bit higher um, in Q4, I think it's going to make a lot more sense to really start bringing in that Google traffic in there. Sure. And then when it comes to other external traffic efforts, I think a lot of people left Facebook ads and left it in the dust. But I think there's still a lot of opportunity to drive that to at least your D2C website and be very profitable there. And then also, you know, there's spillover of like 20% of people will leave that, like see the Facebook ad, say, oh, I want to find this on Amazon, go search it, brand it, and then branded traffic and then go to Amazon. So I think that's a huge opportunity. And especially if you know how the content game, if you have good content and you want to get that out there, I think Facebook's a great opportunity because there's a lot of people that left Facebook. Sure. And right now, tech, there's a lot of hype around TikTok, but not a lot of sales around TikTok. So it's one of those things that everyone wants to be on TikTok. Sure. But when it comes to the ad platform, very, very new. Facebook is still the best targeting platform in the world. Like even after the iOS 14 update, everything, still the best targeting system in the world. If you start bringing up candlesticks, um, candle wax uh, for your face. Like, like then I'll, I'll start getting an ad for candlesticks with all my face. It's, it's weird stuff that they listen to you, but that's usually, they, they're still the best targeting system in the world. So to answer your question, I think Amazon ads is still a great opportunity. I think Google ads would be probably my number two. And then Facebook ads would be my number three sure. if I had to list them. And YouTube ads are a really hot topic right now and they're actually working really well. So YouTube ads are on my hot list right now. I okay. think that'll be a game changer. For like a platform like Facebook, do you yeah. tend to see certain niches that do better than others? Like, and if we focus on product mm -hmm. sales overall, so are there certain areas that you see like, oh, that's gonna do great on Facebook versus other ones where it's like, ah, I don't know about, <laughs> or can you usually get targeting set up right where you feel like you can get solid conversions for any of the cases? Yeah, I usually use, I usually talk about the difference between a convenience-based product and a, ser a search-based product. Sure. So a search-based product would be great for Google. Like when I need a bed sheet, I need a bed sheet right away. I'm moving into a new apartment and I need a bed sheet type of thing. But a convenience-based product would be a lamp. Uh, I don't even know, like I'm trying to think. Uh, like, let's just say a phone. I, like I'm thinking about getting a new phone. I'm thinking about getting this new uh, iPhone or whatever it may be. And I don't know about the features. And especially if you have a product that requires learning. So for, for example, I know a lot of clients 
like for example, this cup, let's say this cup has a new feature that it's anti-spill. No matter how, how far I throw it up in the air, it will not spill. On Amazon, this is very hard to sell. I, see, I just spilled it. See, there we go. I need, I need a cup <laughs> like this now. But like on Amazon, it's very difficult to communicate that to the customer without the sponsor brand video. And you only get three seconds to communicate that. Very difficult sell. Sure. So if you have a, a product that requires education, Facebook is the way to go. And that way you're teaching the consumer how to use your product and they go, oh wow, I didn't even know this product existed. And they go to Amazon to purchase. It ends up being amazing. Sure. And that's where I would recommend if you have an education-based product that you have to keep, you have to educate the consumer, then that's the way to go. Facebook would be the way to go. And it's a lot cheaper because everyone left Facebook because they say, oh, it doesn't work, yada, yada, yada. But there's still people spending millions of dollars on, on the platform and still absolutely killing it. Sure. So that that's what my recommendation would be. Education-based products usually don't do well on Amazon ads. I recommend Facebook on that side. And that usually ends up doing really, really well. Yeah, yeah. And walk, walk through YouTube advertising too. Mm -hmm. We just recorded a podcast with Eric from our team talking through like key points to take into account when creating video and doing different advertising. Yeah. Walk through YouTube, any, any key suggestions there? What are you typically seeing? What works best? So what's interesting about YouTube ads, it's actually this type of content that does the best very podcast-ish content and where it's a user-generated content where a person's just kind of talking sure. and saying, using this product, saying, Like a hey, little less polished overall? Or yeah, anything. yeah. It's, it's a little, yes, a little less polished. It's a little bit longer form. Yeah. Like a normal user-generated content on TikTok and Facebook, usually about 30 seconds. On YouTube, about three minutes to four minutes. Very long, like you get about a 30, 15 to 30 second attention span, which is crazy like that never happens but you the youtube user even when i use youtube i watch a 10 minute video on average sure so that's a huge attention span difference between tiktok which is like i think it's now about <laughs> 1.5 seconds now on tiktok sure. so uh, but youtube's a great opportunity because you get that user generated content it's usually a little bit more expensive about 200 dollars per video for big brands that's no problem but that's where you get that longer attention span to say, hey, I have 15 seconds to communicate why this cup is better than everyone else's cup. Yeah. And then you get a little bit more advantages on YouTube. Yeah. And you get someone talking to the mic saying, hey, this is why I like it. This is what it is. And if you get a celebrity on that, like in the authority in the space, and what's amazing about that is you can actually retarget to their audience. So let's say if I get J-Lo, okay, I get J-Lo to be my celebrity for this cup. Yeah. And I can target people that watch J-Lo. And then you can just absolutely roll it and absolutely kill it every single time. Sure. So it makes it where it just ends up performing really well. And they have really good retarget search capabilities within YouTube as well. If people are typing in JLo, things like that, that makes it where you have better targeting. So in my opinion, there's more opportunity on YouTube ads than there are on Google search ads, but it depends if you're a convenience-based product or a search-based product. And if you're that convenience-based product, YouTube ads are the way to go. Sure. So one of the topics we had yesterday that we covered at the workshop was yeah. budget allocation. So how do we kind of set up budget between the mm -hmm. different channels? Yeah. And we were more just focused on Amazon advertising. Yeah. Walk me through. So if you're going through with uh, somebody you're working with, how do you determine what channels do you focus on? Where do you draw the line between lower funnel strategies and upper funnel strategies? Like, yeah. How do you approach that overall with all the options that we have available? Yeah. So if I would break up the budget by the search and base and convenience based product. So for a convenience based product, I would recommend about a, depending on what your ACOS is there, a convenience based product requires a little bit more education. That's why I push back on the Amazon ads a little bit. So I recommend about 50% 
budget allocation toward a convenience-based product on Amazon ads. Then I would recommend about 30% toward Facebook ads. Sure. And then about the other 20, about 10 or 20 toward the Google, the YouTube ads. Yeah. And then the other 10 toward like TikTok. Sure. And just kind of testing the waters on TikTok. And you have to have the right content for convenience-based products. You have to get that vertical video. The worse the video looks, the better it will perform. Always. Uh, <laughs> I had a client that said, Victor, I am not letting you post this content. Like, it is not a, a brand fit. I was like, just let me post it. And I, I begged them for like five minutes. Yeah. And eventually they let me do it. It was our top performer. Uh, a week later, they say, Victor, I need more bad content. And I was like, I got you. Yeah. So the worse the content <laughs> the looks, the better it will perform. Uh, that's that's awesome. how it usually works. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really important. Don't worry about your brand identity. Like, yes, it's important to have that brand identity, but it's important to test is way more important in my opinion. That bad, that bad looking content, it's important to test it out, see what, see how it performs and let the, let the customers decide what they want. Sure. And once you get that content down of getting that user generated content and paying those influencers, that's gonna be the gold mine. I wouldn't worry about the ROI on the influencer itself. I would worry about the ROI on the, the content afterward. That's the way to approach it on convenience-based products. Sure. So that's how I would structure the convenience-based product segment and how I would like make it successful in the future. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So we just covered a lot there. Yeah. I mean, what, what's your key takeaways coming out of Prosper? Yeah. Like, are, are there different like themes that you're hearing or like what what do you feel like people should be taking away right now or what's the underlying trends yeah if you had to summarize it down to a couple points <laughs> i yeah i think i think what's really important is that people get ready for like the profitability like side and they like they invest now before like cost per clicks go up and things like that sure. because if you are that repeat purchase product you're you're in the money right now you're doing really well because you can play that repeat purchase game and that lifetime value game. So there's, you have a big advantage on that side. If you're one of the products that are one-time purchase products, that's where you have to really start pivoting toward either your direct to consumer website or other things because profitability is gonna be pretty rough. Sure. China is cracking down, the, the cost of shipping containers is going down, so that's a plus, but the advertising pricing increases is going up. And we still are in a recession right now. So if I were to give any recommendation, I would say, hey, make sure you're tracking your repeat purchase rate, make sure you're tracking your profitability and making sure that that, that side is all worked out. Sure. And uh, making sure you're pivoting in the advertising, you're getting your hands dirty and at least understanding what Facebook ads looks like and looking at ex other external strategies before Q4. That would be my number one takeaway from this. If, if you don't listen to anything I just said, I would say start pivoting to other advertising strategies because there's going to be one of those that are going to be really important and really kill it for that brand. And that's going to be super successful. Right now, everyone's using Amazon ads because it's the gold mine. Sure. But eventually, that's going to go away. That golden era is going to go away and they're going to have to pivot to YouTube. They're going to have to pivot to Google ads, whatever that may be. So that would be my number one takeaway. I love this. it. I love it. So yeah. for people who want to find more about you or get in contact with you, where should they go? I'm all over LinkedIn, Victor Dwyer. Uh, look for the guy with blonde hair, ginger beard. Uh, I'm the only Victor <laughs> Dwyer with that. Uh, I'm the only guy with that, to be honest. And you can find me all over LinkedIn and connect with me and happy to talk about anything. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, this has been fun. You're the first like in-person interview we've done like outside of the Ad Advance crew. So I appreciate you doing yep. it. Yeah, first like at an event recording. So hopefully this turns out well. But yeah, it was really, a great, you did a great job. I really appreciate you joining, Victor. Yeah. Um, and for all those who are listening to the podcast, as always, we really appreciate you listening. I hope you join us on the next episode. Cool. Awesome. Thank you.